0: at butcherbox.com slash and use code morningcup cup to choose your free for a year offer plus get twenty dollars off your first order did you know a 2018 study showed half of prenatal vitamins tested had unacceptable levels of heavy metals i'm kat mother of three and founder of ritual when i was four months pregnant i couldn't find a prenatal i could trust so i created my own Ours is made traceable, third-party tested for heavy metals, and recently earned the Purity Award from the Clean Label Project. But don't just take my word for it. Get 25% off at ritual.com slash podcast. Today's episode is sponsored by Fire Bee Honey. If you are looking for something unique and absolutely delicious, then look no further because I am about to tell you about my latest obsession, Fire Bee Honey. Fire Bee Honey is honey with a kick and the perfect ratio of sweet and heat. This honey is handcrafted in small badges to transform the flavor of raw honey without compromising its amazing health benefits which is what makes it stand out from traditional hot sauces. They use the perfect blend of flavors so even non-spicy lovers can enjoy. We use honey a ton in our house, but wanted to spice things up with a little more flavor and let me tell you, this stuff is a game changer for sure. My son and I are big chicken nugget people and honey is our go-to dipping sauce. But recently we switched up our traditional honey for fire bee honey and let me tell you I may never go back. Not only is it delicious, but there are no added sugars or nasty preservatives so i feel really good about feeding it to my family and if a kick isn't your thing firebee has flavors like cinnamon vanilla elderberry and chocolate that would be perfect for baking or a fancy cup of tea and other items like spicy honey beef jerky and spicy honey barbecue sauce which my husband promptly took and made the most amazing pulled pork sandwiches with. So if you are ready to spice up your meals and enjoy some flavor while still reaping the benefits of raw honey, then Fire Bee is the place for you. Get 15% off your purchase when you order two or more bottles by using the link www.firebehoney.com slash morning cup of murder. That's www.firebeehoney.com/slash/morning cup of murder for fifteen percent off the purchase of two or more bottles of Fire Bee Honey. There were two more murders fifteen miles away. When police arrived, cetera, they found the telephones and electricity lines. We have a weird homicide. In a scene described by one investigator as reminiscent of a weird morning cup of murder. A person can wear many masks and, with each interaction, a new mask is exposed. On March 18, 1988, a woman was killed and, because of the many masks her husband wore, no one had any indication he may be responsible. So, if you like your coffee hot but your bones chilled, sit back and start your day with a morning cup of murder. Charles Sennett was a man with many faces. To his second wife, a woman named Elizabeth Dorleen Sennett, he was a grieving widow who tragically lost his first wife at a young age. A death with no investigation that was deemed a little suspicious. To the congregation of his Colbert County, Alabama church, he was a modest, God-fearing pulpit minister who preached the word he lived by. And to a congregate named Doris Tidwell, he was an unhappily wedded man who needed to be taken care of, which almost always involved a shortage of money. Which is why it did not surprise his lover when he asked for $3,000, claiming it was to repay a bank loan. Money that, instead, was used to hire a tenant, a man named Billy Gray Williams, to get rid of a problem Charles felt needed to be taken care of. Elizabeth Dorleen, Senate. On March 18, 1988, two men named John Parker and Kenneth Eugene Smith whom Billy Williams hired for a promised $1,000 each, drove to the Senate's home and parked their car in the back. When Elizabeth noticed them and asked what they were doing, they explained to her that her husband had given them permission to take a look at the property as a possible hunting site. So she agreed and off they went. When they were finished and came back up to the house, Elizabeth just assumed it was time to exchange pleasantries and goodbyes before the men headed back on their way. Instead, they asked to use the restroom and, while inside, readied themselves for an attack. Once John Parker exited the bathroom, he jumped Elizabeth and began beating her. Kenneth joined in and hit her with a galvanized pipe before stabbing at her while she begged for her life. When they were finished and the 45-year-old was close to death, they completed their plan by staging it to look like a robbery and flood the scene. When Charles Senate returned home, he put on one final mask that of a shocked and devastated husband, one who didn't just have his wife killed to use her insurance money to get himself out of debt. He called the police and within hours, Elizabeth Orlean was pronounced dead due to cardiac arrest caused by the beating and multiple stab wounds she suffered to her chest, neck, forehead, nose, and scalp. Now, police weren't buying that this was your standard run-of-the-mill robbery, and shortly after declared dead, Charles Sennett was named a suspect more than likely simply because he was her husband. Within a week of being named a suspect on March 25th, 1988, Charles took his own life and took all of his secrets with him to the grave. But his death didn't stop the investigation. Forensics were able to tie John Parker to the scene by a hair found in a cap and on an Afghan on her body. And when police searched his home, found the VCR stolen from the Senate home. John Parker, a boy with low IQ who spent most of his school career in special education and had no previous criminal history, was arrested less than a month after the murder took place. In April of 1988, then 19 year old John Parker was indicted for the capital murder of Elizabeth Dorleen Sennett. And during the trial, an investigator with Colbert County came forward saying that John came to him and informed him that he had been paid $1,000 to commit the murder. Suspicious that this teen, a boy whom he knew, was responsible, he pressed him with questions and found that Billy Williams, who faced a trial all on his own for the role he played, had given the boys $100 to buy a weapon. Instead, John used it to buy $100 worth of drugs and had injected about three cubic centimeters of a narcotic while en route to the Senate home. He also admitted without a lawyer present that he held down Elizabeth Sennett while Kenneth Smith stabbed and beat her to death. With very little to argue against a confession to murder, his lawyers rested their case and the jury, after a very short deliberation, found John Parker guilty of capital murder and recommended life imprisonment. The judge disagreed and, citing the brutality of her death, delivered a death sentence to the now 20-year-old man, who, on June 10th, 2010, was executed by the state of Alabama after a rejected Supreme Court appeal. Kenneth Smith was delivered a similar sentence, while Billy Williams serves a life sentence. Thank you for joining me in my morning cup of murder. Please join me again tomorrow to hear what terrible thing happened on March 19th. Don't forget to rate and subscribe and let me know how you like it. If you want to help support the podcast, there's always Patreon, or just sharing it with your true crime obsessed friends. And remember, stay safe.